السلام علیکم Today I had the opportunity of reading an article that was written by Mirza Waqas Ahmed Sahib, the son of our beloved Hazur, Hazrat Khalifa Al-Masih Al-Khamis, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Asil Aziz, in which he wrote about his father and the different characteristics that his father has, things that we must also adopt in our homes and in our lives. I was so impressed and almost transformed in a way by reading some of these instances that I felt that my daily, my regular routine of dars, I should move it aside and we should take this very fresh wisdom that we have received and be able to share it and try at our level best to inculcate in our lives. Uh, I was able to kind of recategorize everything, reorganize it and I came to the understanding that there was probably about seven topics or seven different things that he had highlighted with regards to our beloved Khalifa uh, in his domestic life and his life with his family and his children, etc. Um, we may not have time to cover all seven, but inshallah I'll try my best to cover those as many as we can. The rest we will inshallah cover in the next dars. Um, the first and foremost thing that was highlighted, and this is something that even our beloved Khalifa highlights today, and we must try to highlight it in our lives as well. It is about Salat. It was such a reoccurring statement, a reoccurring theme throughout this article that I was very intri intrigued as to how much emphasis our beloved Khalifa gave even before Khilafat. Even when his children were as young as they could imagine or remember, the focus was on Salat. The, there's a few things, a few items. There's about four or five that he would put a very special emphasis on. The first and foremost is that we should adhere to the timings of Salat themselves. So when Salat time is, do we read our Salat then or not? Are we combining them or are we not? So I know this is something very basic and all of us, including myself, have to work on this more and more. But try your level best to, number one, adhere to the timings of Salat and try to inculcate this in your family. Number two, he would immerse himself in Salat and he would weep and cry before God Almighty. In a way, he would cut himself from the world completely. And he would surround himself as if he is standing right in front of God Almighty. Now, this is something that we have to strive to achieve. It is not impossible. It is something we have to strive to achieve. So next time you are doing your Salat, remember that you should put a very special focus in it. Third thing that he mentioned is that 
And this is something we all have to work on when we are at home. He says that if it was time for Salat, no matter what we were doing, no matter what we were talking about, if it was time for Salat, then Salat would take precedence. There is in fact a hadith of the Holy Prophet Muhammad that he would help around the home, he would spend time with his family, but the moment it was Salat, he would separate from them and go and do his Salat. Sometimes we are doing something at home and apparently it's very important. But here we find the example that we should take a break and realize that Salat time, the preference should be Salat. And an example that he gave was also very interesting. He says that once we went to Karachi and we reached our destination quite late at night. It took us even longer to finally get some rest. He said, in the morning we woke up and it was very little time left in the Fajr time. But there was still some time. He said, the fact that there was very little time left, this actually distressed and concerned Hazur so much that he frantically almost in a way went around and was waking everybody up and saying, get ready, it's time for Salah. He would hurriedly wake everybody up, get ready. He said, this was when we were very young and a very naive age. So he says that I ended up saying, there is still time, what is all the fuss about? As many of our kids would say every once in a while. He said, this sentence was of course uttered by a child out of ignorance. But that day, I realized that Hazur does not tolerate even the slightest remark when it comes to worship. Hazur was displeased at my comment. And he says, Hazur always has had a no-nonsense policy when it comes to Allah's worship. This is something we should establish in our homes. Salat is a, is a very important subject. It should not be taken lightly. There should be an emphasis in our homes. We should be able to establish that. The second example that he gives, he says, when I came to UK in 2003 for education, he said the main thing that Hazur kept stressing was on regular offering of Salat. He always said that on that occasion, he repeated that if you continue to offer your Salat, Allah will continue to protect you. This is the guidance we have today as well. And then, this is the part that really shook me from, to my core in a way. He says that when speaking to Hazur on the telephone, Hazur would inquire about my prayers at that time when he was studying in the UK. He says, as we got older, Hazur's manner in explaining things to us changed. Yet the things he would stress, even in childhood, he continued to draw our attention to even as we got older. He says, and this remains to date. Then he says, the 16 years that we spent in Fazl Mosque, even there, Hazur would call me daily on the telephone to wake me up for Salat. Just process that for a moment. For 16 years, every day, our beloved Khalifa would call his son to wake him up for Salat. How many of us are making that effort? To wake up our children even today 
We may think our children are grown up now. They're old enough. Azur's son is also a grown man. And yet, Azur for 16 years would call him every single day to wake him up for salat. This is an important fact that we also have to inculcate in our lives. Then he says, after coming to Islamabad, this is just the last two weeks or so. He said, one day Hazur thought that perhaps I had not turned up for Salah. One day. He said, Hazur called me on the phone and inquired whether I had gone for prayer. In the last two weeks, one day he thought that maybe I didn't come for Salah. I got a call from Hazur. How fortunate and what a beautiful guidance this is for all of us as parents. What kind of emphasis we should put on Salat. This also means that we have to be in the mosque so we can see that our children are not there. The fourth and last part of Salat that he mentioned is that Hazur would do all good deeds solely for the sake of Allah and not for displaying to others. Sometimes our parents will wake us up and say, Oh, they're going to see that you know, our family is not there today. They're going to see that we're not there. Wake up, we got to go. Now, their intention is not this, that we go display ourselves. But a child may process it that way. That, oh, we have to go only to show people. But we should be telling them that you have to wake up for Salat so you can connect with God. That is the, the main emphasis, the importance. The next part I wanted to talk about was dealing with family and children and how our beloved Khalifa would do that. He says the first thing is that Hazur would always narrate stories. Stories with very good morals. So we should have some sort of element of mentioning good stories to our children. Every moment you get. I know sometimes in this new age of cell phones and whatnot, we sometimes don't have the time, we sometimes don't have the ability to actually sit down with our kids and have a conversation. But that's something we have to work on. And whenever you get an opportunity, share a story. One of the stories he gives examples is he says, I frequently, I recall frequently listening to, was about Hazrat Bilal and his patience and perseverance. Especially the chapter to do with when Hazrat Bilal would repeatedly respond to the opponents with Ahad, Ahad, God is one, God is one. As you know the story, that while he's being tortured, while he's been put through all kinds of persecution, and they would say, simply say there are many gods. Hazrat Bilal would persevere and through the harshest of treatment, he would have only enough energy and enough breath left to say the simple word of Ahad, Ahad. Hazur would mention this story to his children, to give them understanding of how they should bear all hardship as well for the sake of their faith and remain resolute in their faith. Another aspect about dealing with our family, he mentions that Hazur would take us on trips, vacation. Some of us don't do that. I know it's very New York City style to remain you know, in the city and not really go out of New York City. But here you can see that Hazur would take his family on a trip or trips. And he says that he would open-handedly and wholeheartedly arrange for our entertainment. 
At the same time, there was a balance in spending. He wouldn't be so much where he had a tight fist, but also he wouldn't misspend his money either. He would keep it a balance. Where it's worthy of spending, he would spend it and let the kids enjoy. The third element about family and how we should treat our family is that whatever time he had when not performing his official duties, he would spend it with us at home. Now remember, many of us have work, and on top of work we have Jumaat duties. And sometimes both of those overtake our schedule so much that we have no time for our families. This is where Hazur made a very special effort. And then he goes on to say, he said, Hazur always detested unnecessarily eating meals and sitting in pointless social gatherings in the name of Jamaat-related work. Sometimes there's a duty or a work we're going to do and we extend it. We end up spending more time on a, in, a, in an Amla meeting or another meeting talking about all kinds of other things that are unnecessary. And then by the time we get home, our families are upset. Where were you all day? I was doing Jamaat work. And it becomes a fight for no reason. Here, Hazur, in fact, he said he never stayed out unnecessarily with the excuse of Jamaat duties. Rather, he would give that time to us, his family. Number four. He said that children always have tantrums. And they get irritable, on a trip especially. He said Hazur would never lose his temper. He would always, always remain cheerful and would talk to us calmly and lovingly. He said in this way, the joy of the trip would never be compromised. We would still enjoy the trip. Because that one incident wouldn't overtake the whole trip. It wouldn't become a huge fight in the home. Number five. He says there was always an awe-inspiring, Robdar, an awe-inspiring presence of Hazur. He said the awe was not such that hindered us from talking openly with him. So you should be able to talk openly with your kids and your kids should be able to talk openly with you. But, he says at the same time, it was not as if we could do or say whatever we liked in front of him. So there was a decorum as well, a sense of respect, and yet, you were openly allowed to ask and conduct whatever you wished with Hazur. Number six. He says, yet, he says that out of his busy schedule, of course, before it was much less, but now it's much more. He says, he still takes time out for his family. He's every morning for breakfast, we sit together. And he says, he asks about the household, the needs of the house, whatever is needed at home, he inquires from the different members. He arranges for all the things he needs to, and this way we have a good breakfast time. And he says, in the evening, again, he takes out time for his family. He goes, he sits with the children, and he spends some time with them as well. It's a time that they spend for chai, but all of the children also circulate him and spend time with him. So this way you can see... That beloved Hazur takes time out for his family. How many of us are doing that? In fact, there is a rise of our membership who are not putting enough emphasis and enough time and enough care for their families. There are other scenarios in which husbands are mistreating their wives. And there's other instances where wives are creating an uneasiness in the homes by getting angry and fighting over everything. Now with regards to mistreating your wives, there are some cases that are going too far. 
This is not okay. Our beloved Khalifa has shown us how to treat our families with love, with respect, with understanding, with cheerfulness, with kindness, with giving them time. We too have to do that. And in nowhere, in any place, are you permitted to raise your hand against your spouse. In any way or form. If you have done it, or you thought about doing it, please detest and stay away from it completely. There is no room for it in Islam. Please show respect to your spouses. Show them love. If you have a disagreement, discuss it. If it becomes loud, do not use abusive language. Do not use physical language by using your hands. Pause and allow yourselves to cool down and calm down before you have this discussion. At the same time, there's no room for you to go outside and spend time outside with your friends, with colleagues, with no regard to what your families or your spouses are doing at home. You must come home and spend time with them as well. I'm just addressing this here and now because it continues to rise, unfortunately. And I know that we're all better. We all can be better if we understand that we have to help each other. We have to realize our role in the home. It should be towards love and care. The home should be a place where we are happy. Just as the mosque should be a place where we are happy. And we have a sense of love and care. The last thing I want to highlight is our beloved Khalifa's love for Khilafah. You see it even before he became a Khalifa. His son mentions that his mother once narrated to him. He says, once he, she told me that when they heard the news of the third Khalifa passing away, they were in Ghana. They received the news at night. In one hand, 